Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. 10 GMs, 5 head coaches, 10 coordinators, 10 senior personnel executives, 5 quarterback coaches, and 10 others with job titles ranging from assistant coach to salary cap manager to team analytics director. So a, a fairly wide swath and a variety. It's not just all GMs or all head coaches. It's a bunch of different people that are analyzing these quarterbacks. And he's done this now. I think this might be the fourth year that he has done this. And he breaks them down into four tiers. And in this first segment, I'm going to list all these guys for you in the order that they have them. When we get to Mariota, that's going to be interesting. If you have thoughts on Mariota as we get through this list and as I lay out these stats, have your say. Camp opens tomorrow. What do you want from Marcus Mariota? What do you expect from him? Has he disappointed you so far? How much more time do you give him to become what you think he should be at this stage in his career? Tier one is defined as a quarterback that can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. There's only four guys in tier one. Two guys tied at number one, and then a three and a four. And I bet you can guess all of them, but I'm not going to give you the time because you're not on air with me to do it. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are one and one A. Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. That's it in tier one. Tier two is a quarterback that can carry his team sometimes, but not consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses, and or he possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above Tier 3. He has a hole or two in his game. Number five is Matt Ryan. Russell Wilson of the Seahawks at six. Then Matthew Stafford and Phillip Rivers. Then Carson Wentz. Then Andrew Luck. Cam Newton. Derek Carr. Jimmy Garoppolo, and number 14 at the bottom of the Tier 2 list is Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Now we get to Tier 3. A Tier 3 quarterback is a legitimate starter, but needs a heavier running game and or a defense to win. A lower volume passing offense makes his job easier. Tied at 15. Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith. Well done, Washington. Actually, I think you got the better of that trade. I think Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins. I think we're going to see that. Eli Manning is at 17, tied with Dak Prescott. Jared Goff is 19. Jameis Winston is 20. Notice I have not gotten to a certain Tennessee Titans quarterback yet, but I get to him now. Marcus Mariota, 21. Just above, in order, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Tyrod Taylor, Blake Bortles at 26, 
Ryan Tannehill, and the last of the Tier 3 quarterbacks, Sam Bradford. So Jameis is above Mariota. Eli is above Mariota. Goff is above Mariota. Deshaun Watson's a full tier above Mariota, according to these 50 people inside the NFL that Mike Sando talked to. And they asked about Nick Foles, even though he wasn't, he's not somebody that's going to be starting very much this year. They said, where would you put him? And they said they would put him right there between Joe Flacco and Tyrod Taylor. So he is just a couple of spots below Mariota in their list. Of course, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl this past year with a loaded Philadelphia Eagles team. And then there's Tier 4. Quarterback could be an unproven player with some upside or a veteran who is ultimately best suited as a backup. Four guys in this list in order. Mitchell Trubisky, Josh McCown, Patrick Mahomes, A.J. McCarron. And that's the end of this list from ESPN.com's Insiders. Not from the website's Insiders. Again, the list. Ten GMs, five head coaches, ten coordinators, 10 senior executives, five quarterback coaches, 10 others ranging from assistant coach to salary cap manager to analytics director. Marcus Mariota is 21, folks. Is that right? Do you agree that that's where he should be? The guys, again, above him, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston. All of those guys higher rated in the voting across these 50 people. Do you agree with that? Is that where you would put Marcus Mariota? If you want to chime in about this, if you want to place Marcus higher up or lower or just talk about Mariota, you can at 615-737-1045 or you can tweet me at jmartzone. But let's look at Marcus Mariota here. On this show already, I've run down his 2017 numbers before, and I'll do so again. But he was ranked 19 on this same list in 2016. He was ranked 16 in 2017 when he had his best season. He drops five spots, the fourth largest decline on this list, behind only Eli, Derek Carr, and Joe Flacco. Last year, he became just the fourth quarterback since 2015 with 400 or more attempts to finish with more interceptions than touchdowns. The other three quarterbacks on that list, by the way, a real list that you don't want to be on, Deshaun Kaiser, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Brock Osweiler. And the fourth guy is Marcus Mariota. I uh, marked down a few of the quotes that some of the executives that voted said about Mariota. One said, quote, his intangibles push him up, but man, he throws lollipops up there. He was not real accurate. He doesn't scare you when you play them. They're going to run a bunch of RPOs this year, and that will be interesting. One defensive coordinator said, he is my tier three ascending guy. He is more accurate than you give him credit for. They knew he could run, so they put in all that other bleep instead of saying, listen, let's just be a quarterback. You don't need to build the Cordell Stewart offense for him. I think he's pretty good. And then, and this one, mm, a veteran offensive coach with a concern. I think he is a three that is always going to stay a three. He has too many issues keeping his eyes up the field. He has a little of that Jake the Snake plumber in him. The eyes go down, he takes off running, and you cannot survive in this league playing that way. 
That's some of the quotes from some of the people that voted inside the NFL on these ESPN insider quarterback rankings that I've laid out for you already. So last year, here are the stats. 3,232 yards for Mariota, 62% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, all that good for a 79.3 passer rating. His career passer rating is 88.6. He was 91.5 as a rookie. His high was a 95.6 two years ago. He was 20th in yards, 16th in yards per attempt, 26th in touchdowns, threw more interceptions than anyone other than Deshaun Kaiser's 22 and Roethlisberger's 16 last season. His passer rating was good for 27th in the NFL, and he was 21st in overall attempts. So when I lay all that out for you, when I give you the quotes saying, look, he's got a little bit of Jake the Snake Plumber in him. He's got three that's going to stay at a three. He throws lollipops. He's not accurate. And then the one that I think is the most damning of all is one executive saying, he doesn't scare you when you play them. Is that fair? Is that something you agree with? He is a tier three quarterback when you look at where he finished in this list. Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith are the top of tier three. Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, and then you get to Mariota, who is just above Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, and Case Keenum. Now, I look at this list, and I think Mariota's better than this, right? But then you start to look at the stats, and then you start to think about how he played last year, and how much of this was the scheme, and how much of this was the injury, and how much of this is just, this is what Mariota is. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's a next 10 quarterback. What's fair and what's not? Is it fair to put Jameis Winston above Marcus Mariota? Is it fair to put Jared Goff over Marcus Mariota? Because one thing you can say about Jared Goff, if you watched him play last year, is that the Rams didn't ask him to do very much. They threw, I gave you that stat out and things that make you go, hmm, that ended yesterday's show about how McVay's offense thrived between two years ago and last year largely because of the way they used Todd Gurley on first and second down as a receiver. He went from 39 attempts and 4.4 yards per on first and second down two years ago to, I think it was 78 attempts. I don't have it directly in front of me. 78 attempts and 8.8 yards per on first and second down last year, which makes it a lot easier on your quarterback. But a tier three quarterback defined in this list is a legitimate starter but needs a heavier running game and or a defense to win, a lower-volume passing offense makes his job easier. Goff's job was not particularly difficult if you watched him. Now, I'm not saying he's a bust. I knew that what we saw in the first year, you can't really evaluate him based on that, not based on everything else that was going on around that franchise. But is it fair to have Jared Goff as a quarterback above Marcus Mariota? Is that something you agree with? Jameis Winston, same thing. I think the argument can be made Eli Manning as well. Eli being four spots ahead of him at this stage in his career, I think you're looking at what he did in Super Bowls of the past, which you can't completely eliminate. But in 2018, is that would you rather have Eli Manning or would you rather have Marcus Mariota? I'm not even going to answer the question. I'll let you answer it if you'd like to. Andrew Luck's in Tier 2. That one kind of made me raise my eyebrow just a little bit. Because that dude hasn't thrown a football that we've actually seen him throw in over two years. So where do you put Mariota on your list based on what we've laid out here? Mariota finished 21 in this list on ESPN Insider.
He's in tier three, in the middle of it, not even at the top of it, barely above Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, and Case Keenum. And by the way, I might put Keenum above Mariota right now. And Nick Foles falls right below Case Keenum when they just sampled to see where people would put him. 615-737-1045. I see we got Dylan and Ralph. We're going to take a break now. I'm going to give you my top six, the list of six tonight on the other side, and we'll take your phone calls. What do you think of where Mariota is now? What do you expect this year? All of that on deck next. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back, Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You can reach us at 615-737-1045. A little REM for you from out of time. That's Texarkana. Always love this song. Kind of a forgotten REM classic. Not a not a hit by any means, but usually the best songs on albums are not the hits. So we've been talking about this NFL executive quarterback ranking that came out from ESPN Insider earlier today. Made up of 10 GMs, 5 head coaches, 10 coordinators, 10 personnel executives that are seniors, 5 quarterback coaches, and 10 others that range from assistant coach to salary cap manager to analytics director. Four tiers of guys. One that carries this team every week and wins because of him. One that can carry his team, but not as consistently. Maybe has a hole or two in his game, but has some other dimensions that elevate him above the tier below. The third tier, a legitimate starter that needs either a good running game or a defense to win. Lower volume passing makes his job easier. And then four are unproven guys with upside or a veteran who's just kind of best suited as a backup. Mariota fell in the third tier. Legitimate starter needs a heavier running game and or defense to win. And he fell at 21. He fell 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th in that third tier. Jameis Winston above him. Jared Goff above him. Eli above him. Dak Prescott above him. And I mean in 2018 when I mentioned Eli. I know Eli is a better, I mean, his full resume. Andrew Luck way above him. Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo way above him as well. Ralph in Shelbyville has a thought on Marcus. Ralph, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing good. Uh, I think Mariota is ranked properly uh, by that because I think Goff and Winston are a lot better. Uh, I think Mariota can be a lot better with the new offense than what he is. But Goff really played great last year. But you I think mean, Jameis – wait a second. All right, Goff I, Goff I understand a little bit more. But you say you think Jameis Winston is way better than Marcus Mariota? Well, not way better, but he's better. He makes bad decisions just like Mariota does, you know. So, But to me, he's a better all-around passer, you know, than Mariota is. Okay. All right. I mean, that, that's fair. I, I mean, I guess it's fair. I would not put James above Mariota. I just wouldn't do that. I've also seen Mariota win a playoff game. And Jameis is just, he's the first pick that hasn't come around that also has some other concerns and things like that. One person tweeted me and said, hey, this doesn't take into account injuries. Actually, it does. On Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck in particular, there was a lot of like difficulty for the voters in where they were going to slot them and how they were basing things on injuries. Andrew Luck finished 10th, by the way, in this list, solidly in the second tier. 
Deshaun Watson at the bottom of the second tier. There are some executives that think Deshaun Watson's a tier three guy because of the bad decisions that he makes that sometimes he gets away with because of how many other good throws that sort of overcome that. And then with Andrew Luck, the argument is he would be a tier one guy if it weren't for the injury because his team is never out of the game because of him, which I, I don't know. I just I feel like the injury at this point, we don't know what Andrew Luck's going to be. We know what he can be. But I don't know we've seen enough yet. I think that is awfully high to have Andrew Luck right now at 10 on this list. Donald in Brentwood joins us next here on the show. Donald, what's up? Hey, hey how are you doing? Doing good, man. Hey, uh, one reason I think he's up there high because I think it's because of his durability. I just, I, I just don't feel comfortable with him doing a lot and being able to know that he's going to be there for a season. Are you talking about Mariota? Uh, yes. Okay. So what do you I mean, think? Just, what do you think, think of him doable. overall? I, mean, I, I when think a little healthy? bit is uh, it's the durability of him as well. When he's healthy, what do you think of him? When he's healthy, I think he's great. But like I say, I mean, you know, what's the sense of having someone ring high but he's not on the field? I mean, that's true. But you got Deshaun Watson who missed most of the season with an injury, yeah, and you got Andrew Luck way above him. Now. Well, I mean, Deshaun Watson tore his ACL at Clemson. And that team was completely different after he got hurt. And, of course, we saw what happened to him last year in Houston. So, I mean, he's dealt like with Mario two big injuries. way more than some of them other guys to me. You know, you're just going back to Oregon. I, I mean, he was hurt in Oregon as well every year. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you look at him from, from the standpoint of injuries, I'm not saying that Mariota is, is ranked wrong because of injuries. I'm saying that Andrew Luck is 11 spots above him and Deshaun Washington is 7 I know, but he has proven him. to be doable before he had that one serious injury, though. Am I right? Luck has? I mean, how was he in Stanford? Did he get hurt in Stanford, too? No, I mean, not really. He, I mean, he... So, but, but Mario's been hurt in Oregon as well. I guess that's true, and I appreciate the thought, and I see we've got some other calls coming in. If you want to join us, 615-737-1045. I just look at that, and I, again, I think Mariota's ranked about right. When you look at his stats, I was not a fan of what I saw from him last year, and I'm not going to place it all on what happened on the sidelines what happened off the play sheet? What happened between the headsets? I am going to say that Mariota didn't play very well last year. I'm also going to say he's got two years, basically, from right now to prove whether or not he's the guy or whether or not they're going to go elsewhere. Because the way his contract is set up, because this coming year is going to be a weak quarterback class coming out in the draft. So he's going to get one more year after this. He's going to get two years, hopefully in this same offense. Hopefully, you know, LaFleur is going to be here for a while. And it looks like LaFleur and Vrabel both understand that they need to craft this system around him as opposed to coming in and saying, you'll run my system or not. It's like it's not going to work that way. It looks like that, that he is positioned to be good under that offense. I guess time will tell. Chris in Thompson Station is next. Chris, what's up? Hey, what's going on? I think uh, I think he's in the right spot. Uh, and not, not really because you know, of his lack of, you know, you know, playing. I think he's had you no know, bad coordinators. They haven't really, you know, shown his full ability. You know, as far as his ability to run and throw the ball, they haven't really used a scheme that really, you know, exercises both of those abilities. I think this year, coming off a healthy, you know, preseason, offseason, you know, next year let's let's visit this again next year and see if he's up into that tier two category. This year, yeah, he's ranked in a tier three. I'm not going to really knock it this year. Because he, yeah, he is a tier three quarterback this year. You think Jameis is better year, than him or no? 
No, I don't think Winston is better than him. I think Winston is, you know, Winston Osborne should be in the bottom of the tier three. Okay. He, he's a risky, you know, risky quarterback. And if you look at all field, you know, you know uh, things that he does off field, I think you should be uh, put him in a tier, uh, Winston should be a tier four quarter, uh, quarterback. Look at the put like this right here. He's not going to be available for three games this season and honestly should be six games this season because of all field issues. Now, if you're a quarterback, quote unquote, the CEO of a of your team, reliability is the best ability. If you're not reliable, then availability is the best ability. If you're not available, then you're not, you know, you know that's the ability that you, that you need. Fair enough. Appreciate that, Chris. Let's get one more in before this break. Jacob joins us from Clarksville. Jacob, what say you? Hey, what's going on, man? Doing um, well. Let me start off by saying I'm a Cowboys fan, so definitely not biased. Yeah. Uh, but Mariota, hands over heels, I think is better than Winston. Um, and like you said, 2018 season, I think he's better there or better than Eli Manning. Uh, so I put him above him. Maybe golf. Uh, he's definitely a tier three quarterback. Uh, but I don't know if I could put golf or Winston or even after last year Manning above him. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. See, that, that's kind of where I am. I mean, he is not like egregiously rated low. I didn't decide to do this topic because, oh, what was me? Look at this. I mean, I'm not a Titans fan. I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I've made that clear many, many times on this show. But I picked it just because we're entering camp tomorrow. A lot is expected, and there's a lot of hope with a new coach and a new scheme and some new personnel. But Mariota's finally got to get it done. I mean, we saw flashes a couple of years ago, and there was a definite regression last year, and it wasn't all just the injury or coming back from the injury, and it wasn't all just the schemes. I saw some of the worst interceptions I've seen in many, many years out of the arm of Marcus Mariota last year, and he finished with more of them, 15, than he finished with touchdowns, 13. And again, as I said in the first segment, he's only the fourth player since 2015 to have thrown more picks than TDs on 400 or more passes. And the rest of that list is Brock Osweiler, Deshaun Kaiser, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeesh. Got to clean that up. We'll be right back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Big six one zero four five the zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You can find me there. You can call us at six one five seven three seven one zero four five if you feel like sounding off or being heard. Rooney, right here, pop stars. Name of this tune. Rooney is a thing that you may know if you know it at all because of the OC. It was the first season of the OC where they went and saw Rooney on one of the episodes, but love that song. Pop Stars, again, the name of that one off their self-titled debut. Okay, so we talked about Mariota being 21st in the ESPN Insider list. Laid out the four tiers for you of the 50 people inside the NFL that they asked to rate these quarterbacks, and I told you that the list of six tonight was indeed my top six. And this isn't going to be a gigantic surprise, except for one guy who I put not just higher than most on the list, but... I don't know. I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not. Let's get it started. Number one. 
He's the GOAT. He's Tom Brady. It's him or Montana, and that's the list. Now, you can argue whether or not Belichick made him more than he made Belichick, but to me, that's chicken and egg. Neither would be who they are without the other. Brady had the it factor, has the it factor, had all the confidence in the world, has all the confidence in the world, and played like it pretty much from the second he took over for Bledsoe. He listened. He got comfortable in the position. He somehow upset the greatest show on turf in the Super Bowl, and then the Pats were off to the races. His decision-making is about as good, not just as we've ever seen before, that's obvious, but as good as we might ever see. It's basically flawless. Even when he loses, it's big time. He lost the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and he threw for 505 yards in that game. It took that David Tyree helmet catch and a ridiculous grab by Mario Manningham in two Super Bowls for the Giants to somehow get past New England. That's how great Tom Brady is. That's why I've got him at one on this list. But don't step at number two. Usually we build up to the big six, but we're doing the list one to six. I gave you number one right there because, honestly, I'm going to go from top to bottom today. Aaron Rodgers is 1A. He's got the most talent, but he's only got one ring. A lot of that is on the staff that's been there, the coaches that have been there, and the lack of talent, sometimes lack of an offensive line, a defense that has cost him victories. He can win games almost nobody else can. He's better than Favre was. In terms of pure ability, I think he might be the most talented ever at the position. But I'm going to give him the 1A and give Brady the 1 because of the rings. As a leader, I've seen Tom Brady do things other than Montana I've never seen anybody else be able to do. And maybe you throw Peyton Manning in that argument as well. If a game ever comes down to just one throw, though, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers all day. I saw him do it to Arizona. I've seen him do it to many other teams. Throws nobody should be able to make. Plays nobody should be able to make. And he makes them pretty consistently. So I've got Tom Brady at one and Aaron Rodgers at 1A or 2. Number three. This one's tough for me because they're now winning games in spite of him. Not because he's playing bad, but because there's been a drop-off. Because of his age, he doesn't have his fastball the same way. He can't throw quite as well as he used to be able to, but it's Drew Brees. If you want to define Drew Brees, I liken it to who the Browns are hoping Baker Mayfield is. He's the best example we've ever seen of an undersized dynamo that maximized his ability and maximized his talent, but really changed the narrative about him entirely. We don't talk about Doug Flutie when we talk about Drew Brees. We don't even talk about the Chargers. We just talk about a first ballot Hall of Famer, a slam dunk Hall of Famer with one of the 10 greatest quarterback careers we've ever seen alongside Sean Payton, who I've always disliked. He bought into himself. He's been total class throughout his career. He's impossible not to appreciate. The stats are ridiculous, but he is on the decline. The arm is not what it was. They're now winning the games running the ball with what we saw with Ingram and Kamara. They're playing better defense these days. He isn't the reason anymore, but betting against Drew Brees, to me, makes no sense. I'm number four. Ben Roethlisberger, and this is tough for me. He keeps talking about retiring, then he comes back and he starts throwing for 400 yards. He's throwing to Antonio Brown. He's throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster. He's throwing to whoever is playing tight end at the time, whether it's Janes or... Back in the day, Heath Miller or whoever, any number of other talented players, and then there's Le'Veon Bell. I could slot him a little bit further down because he has so much skill around him, but I do believe he makes those guys better, and they make him better. It's the same thing with Belichick and Brady. I think they make each other. I think that Roethlisberger, if some of these guys that have played with Big Ben played with other quarterbacks, they wouldn't be quite as good. 
you can marvel at all of this stuff. He's won a pair of Super Bowls. I think the Seahawks should have gotten them early in the career. That's a conspiracy I kind of buy into. Not that it was like intentional, but that it, that's the way it went down, that the Seahawks got jobbed. But he still gets it done. Even when Steelers' defense, after that tr- just horrible situation with Brian Shazier, could not stop a soul late in the season. Remember what the Bortles and the Jags did to them? This dude keeps them in almost every game, and he is as good a great or good a end-of-game or end-of-half quarterback as we've ever seen. Number five. Here's the one I think you're going to disagree with. I totally buy into this guy. He can sling it. He can run it. There's not a throw that's not in his arsenal, but as an athlete and somebody that really wants that extra yard, whether or not he's looking downfield or whether or not he's pulling down the football and taking off to get that first down, to me, this dude has got it all. And it's Carson Wentz. I know. It's a small sample size. I know. He got injured. I saw what he did. And look, you can say Nick Foles won the Super Bowl too. I think Nick Foles is a pretty good quarterback. I think we know that now. But I think Carson Wentz is something truly special. I watched a lot of Eagles football last year. And they were on red zone a lot because they were scoring a whole lot of points. And that Doug Peterson scheme and the RPO and everything that they did was extremely successful. But to me, Carson Wentz is a special, special football player and a winner and a leader at the one position where you must be a leader and must have the respect of your team, and he had it in spades. He's another guy that has confidence to burn. Everybody on this list, Breeze, Rodgers, Brady, Roethlisberger, the guy I'm going to mention as well at six that is the end of this list today. All of these guys had confidence. We talked a lot about confidence yesterday on the show and how I think it cost Kevin Dodd his job and how we've seen it work in both ways. You have to have confidence to survive in sports, to thrive in athletics. Carson Wentz, to me, fits that bill. So the actual list had Matt Ryan at five. I knocked Matt Ryan down, put Carson Wentz in his spot, and now we get to number six. It's not the big six. Today's big six is Tom Brady. We went one to six today. I don't have Matt Ryan at six. I've got him at seven. I've got Russell Wilson at six. He is the opposite of Ben Roethlisberger. Ben's gigantic. Russell's tiny. Ben has every tangible that you want. If you're building a quarterback in a lab, Ben Roethlisberger might be one you'd build. But Wilson has every intangible. He's overachieved since NC State, before Wisconsin was a thing. The lack of talent offensively in Seattle throughout the last few years, to me, is equal or close to the surplus of that same talent in Pittsburgh. Seattle, to me, had no business even being close to a playoff berth last year, and Russ somehow won them games and kept them there. We got a lot of sour grapes from the defense, and all these whispers coming out of the Seahawks locker room about how Wilson was treated like royalty, and nobody was ever allowed to have a negative opinion about him, that he wasn't a leader, that the defense is why they won all these games, or they would always say, well, he threw for 140 yards and we were still asked to win the game. But this dude had almost no receiving talent. Like, I mean, he had Doug Ball. He had a few guys. He had Curse and he had Baldwin, but he never had an Antonio Brown on his team, for example. He never had a Julio Jones on his team or a DeAndre Hopkins. The scheme in Seattle started looking more and more antiquated. That offensive line was brutalized with injuries. It was terrible. But the team decided this past offseason that it's Russell Wilson's team. It's not the Legion of Booms team. Broke it up. We've seen some of those guys retire. We've seen them sign elsewhere. They chose Russell Wilson, and they let a lot of the malcontents go. 
So my list is not that much different from the exec list. From six to one, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Big Ben, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, with Brady and Rodgers being one and one A. I knocked Matt Ryan out of the ESPN list in favor of Carson Wentz because with all the weaponry around him last year, I thought Matt Ryan was pretty average. When I give you the Julio Jones stat at the end of this show, it's going to blow your mind. I'm not sure I see the winning attitude in Matt Ryan quite to the level I'm seeing it in Carson Wentz. Now, the injuries... If Wentz can't stay healthy, that's obviously a thing. Same thing with Andrew Luck. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. And Nick Foles beat the Pats and won the Super Bowl. Had that defense. Had that Peterson scheme. So maybe Wentz isn't the world beater that I believe he is. But I buy into him right now as that guy. As a guy that I would want. And as a guy that I think is going to have a longer lasting impact on the NFL at the top than Matt Ryan. A longer. Not that Matt Ryan has no impact. But I, I like Carson Wentz at this stage in his career much more than I liked Matt Ryan at the same stage in his career. I think Wentz has Tom Brady-ish intangibles. And I think Matt Ryan is closer to an Eli or a Phillip Rivers of a really good to great football player that has consistency issues a little bit more often than I'd like. Eli's knock has always been he has a great season and wins a Super Bowl, and then he is average at best. And then he's fantastic, and then he's average again. That's four seasons worth of Eli Manning. Phillip Rivers is good enough and talented enough to have won Super Bowls, but the Chargers have never even made it there with him as quarterback. So if it's me, I'm taking Carson Wentz over Matt Ryan. Up next, I've already teased that Julio Jones stat. Also, honesty and vulnerability work, folks. I'll explain. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Segment of the program, Big Six, 104.5 The Zone, The War on Drugs. I've said it before, they're the best American rock band in the world, have been for about five years. That's nothing to find off their newest, A Deeper Understanding, came out last summer. It was the best album of the year. That is not subjective. That is not my opinion. That is fact, ladies and gentlemen. Also fact, honesty and vulnerability work. John Robinson took total ownership over the Kevin Dodd pick. To me, it backs up the realism we saw from him during his introductory presser a few years ago. Listen to what he had to say today about that as well as Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan was here uh, today. Uh, it's good to have him back. I know that our coaches are excited to work with him and uh, had really good discussions over the last 24 hours uh, with his representation. And uh, nothing's finalized, but I would say we're uh, certainly headed in the right direction. And then uh, released Kevin Dodd uh, yesterday. Uh, I'll say this about Kevin. Kevin uh, is a good young man. Um, he's a talented young man, and I take full responsibility for that one. Uh, I've got to do a better job scouting moving forward. I think that the roster is now at 89. 89 players uh, are accounted for on our football team, and uh, we'll work to, to add a, a 90th guy here in the next day or so uh, to be at the full roster limit. Nobody's going to bat 1,000 as a general manager. Nobody's going to make every perfect pick. There are going to be reaches. There are going to be hunches. There are going to be things that don't pan out. Look, The Rock made the tooth fairy. He just topped the Forbes list and actually had made more money last year in 2017 than any actor ever has in a single year in the history of Hollywood. But he didn't say no to the tooth fairy. Martin Scorsese, 
I'll throw out one of a few mistakes he's made. He thought Shutter Island was was a good idea. I thought that movie was awful. Caddyshack 2, that's a thing that actually exists. How about that new Justin Timberlake album? That's a thing that exists. It was actually released. People heard that and said, yep, that's number one. We're going to put that out. People are out there wishing right now they could have their votes back from this election, and that's true for every election throughout time. Not every topic I pick on this show is going to work. Meteorologists get it wrong far more often than they get it right. And the reason we get second opinions medically is because the first one is often not right either. But when you're honest and you stand up and you take the high road, we don't have time to play it, but Bill Belichick still doing the Bill Belichick thing about Malcolm Butler today. But when you take the high road or you're willing to actually say something, say anything, you can diffuse a lot of controversy and you can take a stranglehold really of the narrative before anybody else can take you to task. When you speak from the heart, people listen. And then they find a way to sympathize because they realize that everybody makes mistakes because they do, because I do, because Ryan Mudd, who's spinning the Dolls radio style behind the glass for me tonight, because he does. Kevin Dodd didn't work out. But I respect the heck out of John Robinson for what he said, for owning it, for admitting that mistake, for not pretending to be infallible or making excuses. And then, even earlier today, if you want another example, DeMar DeRozan sat down and said he felt betrayed by the Toronto Raptors organization, that he wanted to be there and to finish his career there and be there his whole career. And he hates that the organization lied to him in Las Vegas during Summer League about their future plans for him. Now, whether or not you feel sorry for him probably hinges mainly on whether or not you bought into him as a superstar player that could win a championship. But this is a guy, again, that was open earlier this year about his anxiety issues and his depression and started really trying to open up a line of dialogue about mental health issues, and Kevin Love followed suit. And he starts saying nice things in that same interview today, that sit-down, about the Spurs, where he's at now and saying really good things about Greg Popovich. But he also wanted to put it out there how he felt when things went south. That dude makes millions. But me, I kind of like it when people are willing to talk. One reason a lot of the big interviews that you can land with athletes and coaches in radio or TV or anything else fall totally short is because those guys are too worried about their own images and the PR and the response. And they're just not going to say anything of note. There are a lot of shows that still book them and say, we've got X guest. Oh, this is going to be great. And then it's the worst eight minutes you've ever heard because it's basically a Butch Jones press conference. DeRozan was honest. John Robinson as well. He was honest. Maybe even took too much responsibility for it. He owned it. Now, it's not just those guys. I mean, they're not alone. There's a lot of guys that are honest out there, but there, to me, are far too many excuse makers in media, in entertainment, and in sports. Folks, it's tough to admit this about yourself, but it's also good and it's healthy and it helps you grow. Sometimes the reason you lose is because of you. Sometimes the reason something didn't happen is because you failed. And admitting that, that allows people in. And it, and it doesn't hurt you. It, it preserves your dignity. Instead of making obvious your arrogance or your out-of-touch nature, 
So I applaud John Robinson for taking ownership of this. And I applaud DeMar DeRozan for being willing to be vulnerable in that moment, where especially in the NBA, a lot of guys would not have had the guts to say that. Whether or not you think he's crying and this is a business or whatever, it does not really matter to me. To me, DeMar DeRozan deserves respect for what he said. Whether or not you think he's a great player is totally irrelevant. So we like to make you smarter on the way out the door, and this is what we call it. All right. Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu over the last two seasons each have nine regular season touchdown catches. Mohamed Sanu, those nine TDs, 100 fewer receptions than Julio Jones. 277 to 177. These stats courtesy of Scott Kazmar and Doug Farrar. Fewest receiving touchdowns by a player with 1,400 yards in NFL history. Julio Jones wins that. There are 11 seasons in NFL history. A guy had 1,400 receiving yards and less than seven touchdowns. Julio Jones has three of them. Global Golf Radio's next. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night.